the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Biden administration faces criticism over its handling of the Chinese spy balloon. They have the mentality of a regime that's going to go to war. President Biden faces major headwinds going into the State of the Union. If the Republicans have a have a younger, dynamic, forward-looking candidate who's got a convincing record that they can get things done, the Democrats are in big trouble. Elon Musk wins a lawsuit. Some Tesla investors filed against him over a tweet. Are tweets considered just as important as, say, writing a press release? This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Monday, February 6th. I'm Mike Scott. Saturday afternoon, the Chinese balloon that has been suspected of spying on the U.S., was shot down, and crews are working to recover the debris along the South Carolina coast. However, even as the task of recovering the wreckage continues, many critics of the Biden administration wonder why it took so long for the White House to act as the balloon meandered across sovereign American airspace. This all comes as reports have surfaced suggesting The White House knew about the balloon for a full week before taking any action. Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida suggested that President Biden should have at least told Americans what was going on. Why didn't the president go on television? He has the ability to convene the country in cameras and basically explain what we're dealing with here. The White House has tried to push back on the criticism by saying they acted according to advice from the Pentagon. The president called for this to be dealt with in a way that uh, balanced all of the different risks. That's exactly what happened. Military did a terrific job. Joe Khalil of News Nation reports that this isn't the first time China has tried to surveil the U.S. Defense officials also confirmed Saturday, without going into much detail, that there was intelligence value in letting the balloon go and monitoring it and assessing its capabilities before shooting it down with an American Sidewinder missile, a $400,000 missile, one of the least expensive in the Navy's arsenal. The main concern now for the U.S., this recent incident becoming a pattern. Officials confirm at least four instances in the recent past under Presidents Trump and Biden of China entering U.S. airspace. So four instances in the recent past that we know about, Natasha, and it's entirely possible there are even more examples of Chinese spy balloons over American airspace that we don't know about. A lot of that is classified, and our team actually took a look at the Department of Defense's annual report on China. None of the examples that we actually know about are even mentioned in there. So it's possible this is happening even more. What we do know from defense officials that we heard yesterday is that there is at least one other one they have confirmed they're tracking right now over Central and South America. Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, says that in his opinion, 
The balloon signifies China is gearing up for war. I think it shows the mentality of the Chinese. They're really arrogant. Um, They think they can get away with this. Um, This is not the first incident with a Chinese surveillance balloon that we have learned. Um, um, They've they've disclosed that there were several of these over the last couple of years, um, which means that um, in a similar situation, the United States decided not to take measures um, because otherwise we would have heard about it. So I guess the Chinese felt that... um, You know, they could violate our sovereignty. They can commit an act of war, and we won't do anything. And that really makes Chinese um, mentality really dangerous right now. You know, I'm not saying that uh, Beijing is correct in its assessment of our lack of political will. But the point is, it doesn't matter what's correct or not. What matters is what the Chinese think. And right now, um, they have the mentality of a regime that's going to go to war. Chang states that the way the Biden administration handled the balloon plays into the CCP's narrative that the U.S. is weak. Beijing is undoubtedly going to say to other countries, either openly or um, in private, that the U.S. is just not capable. Um, That's been what China's been saying, actually, um, for the last couple of years um, in its propaganda. And it's been very open about it, um, especially after the fall of Afghanistan. So we've got to be concerned that uh, countries are not going to work with us because they feel that uh, we cannot accomplish our aims. And this has really been uh, one of the most important narratives that Beijing has been maintaining through both central government and Communist Party media outlets. The coming collapse of China author goes on to say that the spy balloon may align with those who predict the war with China is on the horizon. Many um, observers have thought that China is on a very short timeline in terms of invading Taiwan. Uh, So, for instance, there was that leaked memo of General Mike Minahan, um, who is the chief of the Air Force's Air Mobility Command, which said that um, his gut, as he put it, tells him that we're going to be fighting with China in 2025. You know, we have heard from Admiral Mike Gilday, the chief of naval operations, last October saying, We could be in a war with China at any moment. Um, So um, these are shortened time frames. And I think that uh, China, you know, to the extent that they can gather information that's not available through satellite means, you know, they they just want to know more about this and testing our reactions. So this is another sign, not that we needed any more of them, but this is another sign that China is actually preparing for battle. Chang explains that Chinese President Xi may be trying to stir up conflict as a distraction from domestic problems as well. But we can see what they're doing. They are preparing for war. Um, They're involved in the fastest military buildup since the Second World War. Uh, They're trying to sanctions-proof their regime. And most ominously, they're preparing China's civilians uh, for battle. You put that all together, and we have to be very concerned. We've got to remember that Xi Jinping right now is facing so many domestic problems at home. Um, with, uh, for instance, uh, collapsing property prices, um, stagnating economy, um, worsening food shortages, uh, deteriorating environment, COVID-19. He really could use a distraction right now. And that's why we got to be concerned that a lot of the friction that we're seeing is being driven by um, domestic problems. Chang states that he's concerned that the U.S. isn't paying any attention to the militarization of the CCP. Amendments to China's national defense law, which went into effect in the beginning of 2021, 
take power away from the civilian state council and give it to the Communist Party's Central Military Commission. And these are powers about mobilization for war. Um, but that's not just the only thing. We are seeing, for instance, um, the Communist Party cadres are going to factory owners and telling them to switch their production from consumer items to items for the Chinese military. As a matter of fact, um, there have been so many of these orders to domestic manufacturers that the Communist Party is actually running factories once owned by private entrepreneurs because the private entrepreneurs don't want to stick around for Xi Jinping's war, as they put it. So we can see that this is starting to be a total society effort, and we're just not paying attention. That's one of the real risks, and that is that China is preparing to go to war, and we're being oblivious. For their part, Beijing has confirmed that the balloon was Chinese, but says that the balloon was used for meteorological research and it was blown off course. However, the Chinese add that America shooting down the balloon was an overreaction. However, American officials maintain that the balloon was surveilling strategic sites. The State Department released a statement that read, quote, We've noted the People's Republic of China's statement of regret, but the presence of this balloon in our airspace is a clear violation of our sovereignty as well as international law, and it is unacceptable that this has occurred. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. On Tuesday, President Biden will deliver the State of the Union address to a split Congress and face, for the first time, a new and decisive GOP-led House. While many believe that Biden will touch on subjects like the debt ceiling, gun control, and what Democrats believe to be accomplishments by his administration, many others also believe that the State of the Union will be an opportunity to lay groundwork for re-election in 2024. Julia Manchester of The Hill predicts that the Biden State of the Union speech will set the tone for his campaign, even as he faces major economic headwinds. President Biden's State of the Union address will likely set the tone for his re-election campaign. President Biden is coming off of quite a high from the 2022 midterm elections where his party, the Democratic Party, outperformed expectations, winning and expanding their majority in the Senate and not losing as many seats in the House as was previously expected. 
However, President Biden is still facing attacks from Republicans on a variety of issues, including the economy. While we know that many voters rejected Republican candidates in 2022 based on candidate quality, Republicans are looking to recalibrate their strategy when it comes to candidate recruitment. And that means they could have a stronger message on the economy. And with fears of a potential recession on the rise, President Biden will likely have to combat those economic fears in his State of the Union address and on the campaign trail. Manchester also says that Biden will likely call for two major issues to be addressed in his speech. President Biden will call for Congress to do two big things he's been pretty optimistic and hopeful about. One of them is passing an assault weapons ban. He's re-upped those calls in light of the recent shootings in California. And he also wants a bill to codify Roe v. Wade after the Supreme Court overturned it last summer. Both of those are a very tall order in a Republican-controlled House, but the president has said again and again that he is optimistic about both of them. This comes as a new poll shows that there aren't many Americans who are looking forward to a 2024 rematch between Biden and former President Donald Trump. In fact, according to new ABC Washington Post polling research, while Donald Trump held a 48% to 45% advantage over Biden, an outcome that is within the new poll's margin of error of 3.5 points, there was an overall lack of enthusiasm for either candidate. Moreover, the poll suggests that 58% of Democrats back the idea of nominating someone other than Joe Biden. And 49% of Republicans want their nominee to be a figure other than Donald Trump. Karl Rove is a former deputy chief of staff to George W. Bush. You don't get involved in happy talk. I mean, this is a, I think that's an interesting question about dysfunctional family. I mean, America, in a way, has always been a dysfunctional family. But what's really important is the question of, do you think the country is going in the right direction? And depending on what poll you look at, those numbers are from two-thirds to nearly three-quarters of the American people think the country's going in the wrong direction. So I think the first and most important thing for the State of the Union address is not to engage in happy talk, which this White House has done routinely to its disadvantage. Everything's okay. Economy's coming back. Everything's groovy, wonderful. Uh, we've done a terrific job. Look at all the great things that we've done. And that's not exactly where the American people are. So start by being where the American people are. Roe believes that Biden will not go unchallenged going into 2024, as he thinks Democrats are looking for a younger candidate. I do not think he will be unchallenged. I think by the end of the year, we're likely to see somebody say, with all due respect to the sitting president, mm. I think the country would be better off to make a, a you know, to, it's time for a generational ch shift. We've been governed by people from the baby boomer generation for 32 years. So I will lay out an, an alternative vision for the future of our party and our future of the country. And I think somebody's likely to do that. The, the, look, the, it's not going to get better for President uh, Biden. His approval rating you, 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 in our poll was 45%. If you look at the average, he sort of peaked in early January and he's begun drifting back down. And, and he's not going to, the performance is not going to get better. He is struggling in the job and it's going to get worse, not better. And uh, the Democrats have a huge bench of talent. And I, I, you know, they would be much better off, for, and the country would be much better off, in my personal opinion, if, if, if he were to step aside and allow the Democrats to pick a new face.
The former deputy chief of staff explains that he believes that if Biden were to run against a strong Republican, he'd be in trouble in 2024. I've been talking to a lot of Democrats, and but they, they, they will say, you know, he, if he wants to be the nominee, he's likely to be the nominee. But they don't agree with that, 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 that the conventional wisdom that, that he is the only guy who can beat Donald Trump or beat the Republican. In fact, they think just the opposite, that mm. he is the one Democrat who might not be able to beat Trump and would certainly not be able to beat, beat somebody who is other than Donald Trump. Think about it. We would have a faltering 82-year-old who says, trust me, I'm going to be 80. If I serve another term, I'm going to be closer to 90 than to 80. And I've got a vice president yeah. whose numbers are dreadful compared to me. And, and let me lead the country. And if the Republicans have a, have a younger, dynamic, forward-looking candidate who's got a convincing record that they can get things done, the Democrats are in big trouble. Several pro-life students were kicked out of the Smithsonian's Air and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. We get more on this developing story from our Daybreak insider, Keith Peters. It's all because they were wearing matching blue pro-life hats. According to a statement from Jordan Seculo, the American Center for Law and Justice, the students were accosted several times and told they would be forced to leave unless they removed their pro-life hats. They were then expelled from the museum. The Smithsonian National Air and Space Museum spokeswoman Allison Wood told Fox News asking visitors to remove hats and clothing is not in keeping with their policy or protocols. Quote, we provide immediate training to prevent a reoccurrence of this kind of incident and have determined steps to ensure this does not happen again. Keith Peters reporting. Elon Musk tallies a win as a jury held that he was not responsible for shareholders of Tesla losing money because of one of Musk's tweets. The Tesla CEO stated in a tweet, thank goodness the wisdom of the people has prevailed. I'm deeply appreciative of the jury's unanimous finding of innocence in the Tesla 420 take private case, end quote. The lawyer, Nicholas Porritt, who represented the investors in the class action suit, says that the case was important as it tested the rules and regulations of financial markets. Scott Budman is with NBC's Business and Tech Development Unit and explains more about the suit. The closing arguments happened over a few hours. This is a trial that took a few weeks, and the jury was brought back just minutes later with its decision. This really, really happened fast. There were some words here, Audrey, that really made up the crux of the situation. The prosecution said Musk tweeting out, Funding secured meant this was going to happen at $420 a share. That was, at the time, a significant premium over what Tesla shares were trading. Investors jumped in to buy, thinking they would make a profit. Budman breaks down the one word in Musk's tweet that made his defense. But ultimately, the defense was something else in the same tweet, where he said, considering taking Tesla private. That was his defense, saying 420 would have been a nice price. Ultimately, that deal fell through, and he did not mean to mislead investors. It were those investors who were suing Musk, trying to say he owed them money because he talked about funding secured on a deal that ended up not happening after the deal fell apart that Musk had been apparently considering. The stock price of Tesla fell back down, and that's where the class action lawsuit came in. Those investors saying it was because of his tweet 
and them following the tweet that they lost money. Budman states that the case made it seem like the courts considered tweets from company CEOs to be just as important as press releases. So what have we learned? He's not liable, according to the jury, for that, which means he potentially saves a whole lot of money. It depends what those investors were going to ask him to make good on, but he's found not liable. The question is now going forward, are tweets considered just as important and worthy as, say, writing a press release to the likes of CNBC or Bloomberg News or something like that? This trial made it seem like the answer was yes. It was yes, nonetheless. Musk found not liable for the losses that the investors suffered because they followed his tweets. The reporter goes on to advise investors to do their due diligence, especially in the age of social media. I think what happens next is a big sigh of relief for Elon Musk and maybe, although we've said this before regarding Musk and Twitter, a lesson learned, but also again a lesson learned by investors. There are lots of ways now that CEOs are going to communicate with you. Make sure you do all your research and expect that anything you read on Twitter is the same sort of thing you might read on a release from CNBC. A court may not see it 100% that way, but someday they might because these things have so much value. But for now, it appears, no money is going to change hands between Musk and the investors that brought him to court. This is the second time that Musk has been found not liable in a civil litigation over his postings on Twitter. It looks like Starbucks' bottom line could use a big slug caffeine. Daybreak Insider's Rich Thomason is taking a look at what's brewing at the Coffee Giant's headquarters. The coffee giant missed its sales target in its fiscal first quarter. It's blamed on COVID restrictions in China, as well as lower consumer demand in other markets. Starbucks fell short of Wall Street's forecast for same-store sales, and while its revenue rose 8%, hitting a record $8.7 billion, that too missed analysts' expectations. Rich Thomason reporting. This is probably not the smartest thing in the world to steal. Daybreak Insider's Jason Walker has details on this five-alarm story. Authorities in Fort Worth, Texas, say firefighters had responded to a medical emergency in a motel on the city's south side. Moments later, someone walked in and told them their fire truck had just been stolen. They ran outside, saw the vehicle leaving the scene. Police did find the truck a few moments later. The thief was long gone. The fire engine had minor damage on the right front side and was taken out of service. Jason Walker reporting. And finally, while graduating high school is a major milestone for many teens, it's a record-breaking accomplishment for this nine-year-old Pennsylvania boy. I want to be an astrophysicist, and I wanted to study black holes and supernova. Reach Cyber Charter School gave David Belogan his high school diploma after taking classes remotely. He loves science and computer programming and credits a number of his favorite teachers for his success. David is also working to earn his black belt in martial arts. Good luck to you, David. David's parents say while their young son is a joy, raising a gifted child is very challenging. 
Like he's a nine-year-old with a brain that just have the capacity to understand and comprehend a lot of concept that's beyond his years and sometimes beyond my understanding. Young David is now looking at completing a semester at Bucks County Community College. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.